Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Susanna, and welcome to the Codeco podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. Thanks. This is the Codeco podcast. Welcome to episode six for season one. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, the 20th of December, 2022, for release on Thursday, the 19th of January, 2023. Happy New Year. This episode is sponsored by Split.io. I am your host, Drew Freeman, with my effervescent co-host, Susanna Skyer Gupta. Thanks, Drew. In this episode, we'll be exploring work-life balance and specifically the challenge of balancing parenting with developing software, including while working from home and while job hunting. With us today, we have Via Fairchild, who is a self-taught iOS developer who's currently an apprentice at the famed Big Nerd Ranch. And we also have returning to our show, Jeff Rames. Jeff is a senior iOS developer working at GoodRx, and he's also here at Codeco, a resident author and a longtime contributor. Via uh, Jeff, welcome so much to the show. It's great to have you both here. Thanks. Good to be here. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm excited to be here too. This is fun. I'm glad. This is going to be a fun episode because um, all of us do these podcast recordings or our work in these little boxes. And um, I think we've all seen the box where somebody was trying to do some kind of um, governmental or no, I think it was a, a, a news uh, a news story during the epidemic. And the child came in the background and started dancing. I love that so much. <laughs> yes. So so we're finally going to, to, to take the box down and know that there are kids involved and we're going to be talking a bit about what it's like to be a developer and a family person at the same time. I I love this because I think um, a lot of the time in the in the uh, professional world, we forget why we have the professional world, and for a lot of us, that's family is a priority. So it's fun to break down that wall. I remember the time before the term work-life balance really existed. Yes. So. Via, tell us a little bit about you and obviously your family as well. Yeah, okay. I am a single mom. My boy is six now, and I've been single, divorced for about five years. Um, never graduated college due to the chaos that comes with uh, <laughs> inciting a divorce. <laughs> so got most of the way through it and uh, ended up doing... Uh, trade school for esthetician services and started my own business in that for a while and decided that I actually needed something more stable and long-term with retirement and insurance and ended up landing in the magical world of iOS development and have just been learning online and in this apprenticeship and following that career path now. And six is such a helpful age. Yes. They're all magical ages, but six is the age where they're sort of uh, just a touch on the clingy and discussive side. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Can you say a little bit more about how you went from what you did before to iOS dev? Like, what was what was that path? Like, the certainly that it comes with benefits and it pays better is resonant to everybody listening. Like, you know, like there's so many people who are attracted to software development because the money's good and it's a real job. Um, but why iOS and like how, you know, like, and also why dev instead of like, I don't know, accounting or, you know, 
a number of other things that also come with benefits and are real jobs. Actually, a lot of it has to do with the family-friendly aspect that I needed uh, out of a career. Um, Prior being a business owner for a service-oriented industry, I was always on call. You know, in the middle of, of a bonding activity with my son, I get an appointment text and I have to take it because I have to pay for rent. So it was interrupting our life. And um, not only that, but it took me out of the home. So I was frequently, I had a lot of overhead and I was frequently out in, you know, my booth, my, my business. And just, it wasn't um, what I wanted for my life and my son. And so looking at getting into the tech industry, at least it's uh, remote. I, I, a lot of uh, places are results work oriented. And although I'm not quite in that phase of my career yet, I know it's available and coming. Um, and just there's a lot of security knowing that tech will always be there. And I was the first thing off the list for budgets when it comes to beauty. The When the belt tightens, beauty is, is out of the equation. <laughs> so, um, There was a lot of contributing factors to make me question my path. And I had a friend of mine, a high school, many years friend who changed his life in a in a career self-taught transition. And I had a few other friends who were all tech industry and they had rags to riches in my view of what what did you do you know i started asking questions because i was ready to be told i was wrong <laughs> and to uh reorient so um i kind of poked around at the idea of aws certification i poked at python and when i'm giving you this timeline this is within a month you know i went from november of of you know i just finalized all of my insurances and everything for my my business and um, I had invested so much. I had this marketing plan I was unrolling and and then, you know, I had a crisis about if I get hurt, I don't have work. I don't have any safety. So so um, all of this that I had worked for, I realized it actually wasn't going to pay dividends. And so to circle back, I started asking friends in the tech industry about their paths and couldn't couldn't get behind AWS. It was too vague, too um, abstract and ambiguous for not having touched anything like that before. Um, Python, I poked around a little bit and learned what a variable was, and it didn't seem horrible. <laughs> and so essentially, I have this personal contact of mine who said, let me teach you. Let me teach you iOS development. The community is wonderful. And I'll I'll hold your hand on this. And that's it really fell in my lap, particularly the iOS side of it. So that's how that's why I'm here. That's wonderful. Um, Jeff, let's let's get you and your background and family information. Yeah, yeah, I feel my my story compared to Via's is kind of like boring and (laughs) easy mode. But uh, yeah, so I I started out uh, my career as you know, software engineer went went to school for computer science and started in the industry. And uh, I was in a while before the iPhone came out. And then I, you know, kind of like jumped on that as a hobbyist and then 
started working uh actually sort of sort of pertinent to my my family uh uh you know go, going into my family i guess i i initially started out doing contracting or just independent being independent uh doing basically small contracts i had a partner and we were doing uh just trying to get into ios development so like a lot of really small apps during sort of the gold rush era where there were a lot of goofy things going on. Um, and somehow during that time is also when uh, my wife and I ended up having our, our first kid. Um, and so I was thinking back on the timeline actually, and I was a little amazed that I had my first kid when I was, when I was, you know, not like I didn't have a, a full-time job with uh, an employer and benefits and all of that. That being said, my wife was a uh, was teaching at the time, and so we had like her insurance and all that stuff. I mean, in this country, as long as somebody has insurance, and that is a weird thing about this country. Like, you know, listeners who are listening from uh, outside the United States are like, "Whoa, uh, weird, you guys." You know, but we here we have to have somebody in the relationship has to have benefits or it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not a not a great feeling and, and something to always have to think about, uh, but definitely the case. And so uh, I did, uh, there was actually during that time when I was still working uh, independently, essentially, I decided I better get a job that had benefits again uh, prior, you know, my prior career. Um, and so I, I started up uh, back at like a, a smaller, I guess you'd call them a startup, but they'd been around for like 10 years, still had some funding, but um, I moved over there and that kind of like got my foot back into the like, oh, I'm, I'm a full-time employee type of person. I like that stability. And uh, around that time, my wife had also decided she wanted to stay home with our daughter and, uh, you know, spend a few years uh, stepping away from her, what you know, teaching that she was doing before. And we had a second kid, uh, about, that was two and a half years later. So this all kind of happened quickly, but we had already, like I'd already moved to my new job at that point. And so uh, right now I have a seven and a nine-year-old. The nine-year-old's almost 10, which is crazy to me. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, double digits. Hard, very hard to believe. Uh, so yeah, and and like I said, I've been for the last. Yeah, I've been doing iOS development for I guess it's over ten years now, and most of it, other than that little stint as an, uh, uh, you know, indie, I guess, uh, has been working for companies of various sizes. You know, that, that question of insurance is a, is a really frightening one, actually, because I had my first at the at the end of 2006. Then there was the 2008 crash. And at the beginning of 2009, of all places, I got laid off from Microsoft, um, who, who, quote, never laid off engineers before. Um, and then I found a startup company, and they weren't getting money, so I got laid off twice in 2009 and spent months with a two-year-old child and paying COBRA, which is, for those outside the United States, COBRA is the a way you can extend your insurance for a company that no longer employs you, but the COBRA prices are usually rent unto themselves. They are uh, exorbitant. They are shockingly high. Yeah. And effectively, what's happening is 
uh, and I don't want to turn this, I don't want to digress this thing into American uh, insurance system, but- uh, It'll make all the European listeners feel feel good, so it's okay. That will. <laughs> the, the employer pays part of your insurance and you pay part of your insurance. The employer lays you off and now you pay your part of insurance and what the employer was paying for your insurance to maintain it after you're no longer getting paid by your employer. So it's basically a, a, a lose-lose-lose situation there. And you're still paying your rent and your mortgage and your utilities, and presumably you want food, and so you don't have to put clothing on the children. So, so yes, yeah, so things are kind of hard there. So, yeah, so mine is now 16. I was going to say, I do think... Oh, right on. Uh, am I supposed to say how old mine are? You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> mine are 23 and 26. <laughs> I love it. I, I have a lot of um, mentors in, in my circle that have adult or teenage children. And so I think it's still very relevant, even if you're not technically parenting them anymore. You're still you're always parenting them. I'll tell you what, I feel very strongly about this. What it what can we do, even though things have changed and I think changed for the positive in tech careers and software development and how family friendly it is. I think there's a long way to go. And I feel very strongly that, you know, uh, anything I can do personally to help us make this a more welcoming, diverse industry, I'm absolutely there. I was going to say, I think a common thread in what you've both shared that is neat is, um, okay, so why not AWS? Why not Python? Why go indie? Why iPhone? And it's like, because it's fun. You know, because like just fundamentally like the reward. Definitely. Things are really cool, you know? I'll agree with you on the AWS. I've tried to look at that a few times and even having a, a good long software career behind me at this point, AWS still is if you if you haven't really touched it in a position, it it's very amorphous and hard to to really grasp onto. Well, and funnily enough, the 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 friend of mine who had recommended AWS was a teacher. He taught the AWS certification courses. And I asked him one day if I could just shadow, see what he did. And he, and he was like, well, I don't do it. I just teach it. I don't really know how to make it work. And I was like, well, I think that answers my question. <laughs> I will say as somebody who's worked with um, Polly, which is their, uh, text-to-speech service and has worked with S3, which is cloud storage. There's apparently there are like 250 or more AWS little tiny services. It's dizzying. And we can use lots of those as iOS developers. We don't have to get the certification right. to yes. use the goodies. Yeah, we can tap so. into it without, without having the paper. <laughs> we can still play with the toys without just going overboard here. So what's the experience like right now working from home with your kids and either I'd like you both to, to speak to this. So go ahead and whoever wants to jump in. Uh, so for me, it's, it's super positive overall. Um, I've got a pretty, my situation's pretty nice in that, you know, so both of my kids are in grade school. So during the work day, other than during the summer, um, you know, they're gone through, a fair chunk of my day and then when they're home you know typically my wife's around to, to kind of help fend off any disasters or anything that are going on but uh, 
at the same time, it's like, it's awesome to be able to see them when they get home from school and like, you know, give them a hug and talk to them about their day. And just, you know, same thing, even like during the summer, uh, where, where I get to see them more routinely. It's just nice to, you know, when I, when I get up to like go get a drink of water or something and I, I can walk around and just see what they're up to and just chat with them. And it's like getting to witness more of their life, which is a stark contrast to kind of there was definitely a point um, when I went, you know, I mentioned that I worked for myself for a while. So I mostly worked from home. There were some times when, you know, I had a little office space and me and my partner would, would meet up, but like, you know, the majority of the time I, I had that flexibility where I could be around, uh, around with the, you know, our newborn to toddler age kid at that time. And I felt it really strongly when I went back into, you know, working full time for an employer where I had to be in an office. Um, and like I had at that point two two kids and I was kind of remembering like, oh, yeah, with the first one, I was able to like be around and I didn't have to worry about missing like a lot of those firsts. Um, whereas with with uh, my second one, I. I, yeah, there were times when, like, I felt really bad about it. Like, it was uh, something on my mind a lot of the time, and, and I was kind of trying to come up with ways I was considering. At the time, there weren't very many remote uh, opportunities out there, but I was, like, looking into them, um, and and that was, yeah, a huge factor. So, yeah, fast-forwarding back to your, your original question, like, right now, it's it's awesome. Uh, you know, for the most part, my, my kids totally understand when I'm working not to like bug me occasionally like they'll be super excited to tell me something and come bursting in and once in a while like I'm on a call or something and people love to see kids still uh, and so it's it's never been a problem they're they're really uh, you know they're, they're at the age where they totally get it and it works well and you know I can also be here when like my wife's taking one of them to an appointment or she has to go do something even if they're both here. They're they're not old enough that they could be left at home alone, of course, but they can definitely, you know, take care. You know, I, I can be on a call for like an hour or something and not have to worry about them burning down the house or something like that. But at the same time, if there's an emergency, yeah, I can run out there and, and help them out. So um, it's, it's just super nice, like ultimate flexibility, but mostly just being around there and being in their lives on a more consistent basis is just awesome. Yeah. You know, what's the experience like for you? How do you make it work? I have such a unique situation. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm having custody complications while transitioning to work from home life. And so that has been very interesting to navigate while also we're in our first, uh, elementary year he just started kindergarten and for some reason yes yeah it's it's adorable <laughs> he uh is it all day kinder or no, half day and that's the other part of the complication it's it's half day kindergarten so that's bittersweet because he comes home right off the bus walks home walks himself home and we do lunch i have a lunch hour and then i all send him to dad's for a few hours and try to get more work done but um yeah it's definitely been a big transition for our family, bittersweet even. Um, and I didn't anticipate it being hard at moments. Like it's hard for him to be used to mama being home, but not available. Right. So if I do have those moments when I need to step away, 
you know, for a half hour pairing session or something. And I really want to focus and soak in this knowledge that is being handed to me on a silver platter. He'll, it, we're figuring it out now, but it took us a while to kind of mentally train each other of, okay, here's this visual timer I'm going to put in front of you with a timer to count down in 30 minutes. Then you can come and talk to me about Pokemon, you know? <laughs> so right, it's definitely, we're, we're figuring out how to live this new lifestyle and um, there's a lot of positives to it. And and uh, uh, particularly where I'm working, thankfully, they've been very flexible on when I show up, um, as long as I do. <laughs> so that's been really wonderful because there was a phase in this apprenticeship where I had to work late at night to make up a lot of hours because I was caretaking in the middle of the day. And um, that's that's what I needed out of this career path. And it's been really cool to see it present itself. But yeah, just being able to say, oh, sorry, I'm going to block this meeting time and go do like a career presentation at the at local elementary school. That's rad. That is like, <laughs> that's dream stuff right there, you know? Yeah. What are some of the things you guys have done to help your kids understand not to interrupt you when you're working? How do you, like when you need to work and your children are in the house, how do you make that work? Which is something I never figured out when I had small children at home. Lincoln's um, super young still, so he doesn't he doesn't read or do time well yet. Um, but the we do have that visual timer. It's like the space of the color counting down narrows. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, We're going to link to it in show notes yeah, if yes. it's something you purchased. Amazon. <laughs> Um, and it's actually really helpful to keep me on task too, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great visual representation of, of time is passing and when it's complete, there's a little alarm and, and then he can step into my space and, you know, I have the door closed when I need it to be, but otherwise we set up a little craft table for him in my, I've got a big, big master bedroom where my office is and I'll pull in his table and we'll just be in the room together if if I need to work while he's here. Jeff, how do you deal with the with the potential interruptions? I, yeah, I was trying to think back. Honestly, um, I'd say like early. You know, I, I started working remotely full time, like many people, in March of 2020 uh, due to the pandemic. And back then, I had a bit more of a struggle, uh, just kind of getting them to understand when, when I was working and it was more, um, I think pretty, pretty early on. Like, so the, the youngest was in preschool at that point and, uh, the oldest was in first grade. So, um, kind of around the, the age, uh, of Via's son and, uh, they, they, like they mostly got it pretty quickly. I think just with, based on like the doors closed like dad's working. Um, and again, they had the, there was the benefit that usually my wife was around, so they had her available, but like whenever she would be gone, <laughs> that door was there, but there would always be an excuse, uh, made to come in and, and visit like, Oh, I, like I dropped my snack on the floor or something like that. You know, just any, anything, any reason to come in to visit, you know, they, they would jump at that opportunity. Um, but you know, as, as they've gotten a little bit older, uh, it's, it's, 
and, and probably just frankly they're super used to it because it's been like three years that I've been home uh, you know basically 100% of the time during the work day and so they're they they understand it pretty well like to the point where they're usually not as loud even you know outside of my door sometimes there's still there's still definitely things that go on again like whenever like the it's not super common but when my wife is is away and the two of them are there like they get into fights now and then and like all you know all bets are off at that point and so there's you know interruptions but typically they're like they're very very mindful of it and understand it with with you know minor bursts um and i do want to call out via if you ever need uh your son ever needs to talk to anyone about pokemon my my nine-year-old can talk for like the entire day until he like is tired of pokemon uh i, th- I think she could outlast anyone <laughs> right right now we're just um in the phase of admiring what the cards were given we don't know what to do with them yet so <laughs> we might need to take you up on that <laughs> there's so many places yeah. to go from here with that <laughs> we'll have more of the Kodeco podcast after these words from split io this podcast is brought to you by the split feature management and experimentation platform what if a release was exactly how it sounds a liberation from constraint a moment of relief, an escape from outdated processes, tedious software, changes, and the slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers. Free your teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, and give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. (laughs) What a release. To reimagine software delivery and propel your teams forward, start your free trial at split.io slash codeco. And we'd like to thank Split.io for sponsoring this episode of the Codeco podcast. I, I wanted to add in that whole concept of not being too loud. Um, I haven't really talked about it on the show. My son is, is Coda, which is children of deaf adults. My uh, spouse is hearing impaired. So as a result, he has a louder voice. And and I do have mm. to keep doors shut. Though at the same time, he's also learned that he's supposed to knock. So at the same time, sometimes I leave the door open so that I can just sort of hear him shuffle and I wave him off from behind me if I'm in the middle of a meeting. But uh, that, that concept of the loudness, that concept of uh, the knocking on the door... <laughs> That that's gonna come and go throughout the next ten years with them anyway. How how old is your kid, Drew? Sixteen. Oh, okay. I sorry, I didn't catch that earlier. I think it stays even when we're like so. We don't have children. Well, we have children at home right now, but we don't have. We don't usually. It's just the two of us. And you still like when people are working from home. You have to have respect for each other's space and schedule. Well, and there's there's the thing that I think I'm still trying to figure out is um, the balance of this comes with the territory of being remote in a family or like, okay, kid, I, I, I need you to to bend a little to my expectations and respecting work, work, you know. Uh, it's it's interesting then trying to navigate the, uh, am, I, am I being too much of a, 
of a hard ass on parenting with this or is this coming with the territory of remote work, you know? And that's been interesting, some of the flexibility, trying to figure out what my boundaries are because I haven't been given too many and so I don't want to overstep them on accident and also utilize them because I, I do have flexibility. So that's that's been an interesting um orientation that I'm still going through. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that I'm with a company right now, also via like you, where they just want me to get the work done. They want me to you know to show up uh, to report in at some point. We actually have a, a, a communication channel saying I'm out, which can be anything from I'm not feeling well, I'm going to take a sick day today to I need to go deal with something with the family. I'll be back in an hour and a half. Um, so that, that, that lax thing that's happening with a lot of remote development teams is really advantageous, especially when you're dealing with the family requirements that can come up. Do you guys, all three of you, do you have daily standups? How does that work? I have a uh, Slack daily standup, and that's actually kind of a new thing in the program where it's just a recap of yesterday and today. But there's no there's no hard, fast expectations other than the fact that I'm learning and growing and working towards a goal. So it's it's. So you don't have to sign on at like 8 a.m. and show your face and like exist for 20 minutes or half an hour in a virtual space. I mean, there are meetings that I should show up to and I do, but yeah, there's not a, there's not a set uh, expectation of hours, like, you know, eight to five Eastern. Mm -hmm. I can move around that. Jeff, how about for you? What's your place like? So it, yeah, it's, it's varied a lot in the last uh, couple of years because I've worked at a few different places in that time frame, but um Mostly, uh, I've worked for the last year with companies where there are people spread all over. Uh, so I work with like a lot of people that are two hours later than me uh, out in California, and so uh, and, th- and then also some people on the East Coast uh, typically. And so we usually have like we we don't actually we do Slack standups in the team I'm in currently, um, but we do like other ceremonies uh, you know on a weekly basis that are typically scheduled to be like in the middle of the day uh honestly sometimes we get things that uh, recurring meetings are usually the middle of the day sometimes we'll get things that are a little later than i would like honestly because of this but um yeah the the regular things are yeah for me late morning uh and so i tend to keep pretty regular hours uh and i i'm sort of a of later, like my, I, I run a little later anyway, so I, it works well for me, uh, that I'm just like kind of slightly shifted. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So I've never really had too much issue with, uh, regularly scheduled. Meetings. Yeah. I'm pretty much on the Slack, uh, standup as well. We do have one, uh, zoom standup a week. Um, but other than that, we do also have the the, uh, the ceremonies that occur from time to time. We try to keep meetings light. Um, meetings that are scheduled are usually more like here is office hour time that, you know, we can all be around in case somebody has a problem. We can all group think on it uh, if necessary. Um, but uh, I'm earlier. I tend to be more of a, a 7.30 slash 8 to 4.30 kind of person. Because by the time 4.30 rolls around, I want to be done and with the family. So let's say there's somebody listening in and 
she's considering, do I really, is this really the right, more stable, better paid profession I want to try and switch to? What's reasonable to expect in terms of hours and um, how often you need to like be somewhere regularly for a beginning iOS dev role? What's, what's the standard right now? Mm, um, this is an interesting question. I've been pondering. So I, I, I'm, I mentioned earlier that uh, I like the idea that this career path can be a results-oriented um, work environment. And I personally am not at that point yet because in my position and my path right now, I am being paid a 40 hour work week to cram as much knowledge as possible in those 40 hours. So I'm not being given a ticket that I can slam out in two hours. I'm being given a language to learn. (laughs) So, so I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure how to answer your question because there are, you know, whatever 10 hour, 10 hours worth on a heavy week of meetings or something of like, what, what do I need to show up for at the machine outside of work hours? Is that kind of what you're trying to ask? Yeah. And also like what, what work hours are you most likely going to be expected to show up during? Like, are you going to have to be available if somebody wants to pair with you, uh, give you a support ticket, um, talk to you right away? Like, should you assume that like from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. in your time zone, you need to be uh, ready to uh, look presentable and talk business? Right. I mean, that's that's kind of how I've managed it. There was a phase there where I was doing, uh, let's see, what was it, about nine to one, and then I would do the rest of the hours post kid bedtime. So that was, Mm -hmm. I think I tried making that work for about a month or so. And then I was just mentally dying. (laughs) It was, it was working all the time. I didn't ever feel like I had put down work in the afternoon hours when I was trying to be with my kid. So it just wasn't, uh, what I needed out of it and what, what my, my family needed. So I've, I've pivoted a little to where, yeah, I'm showing up, uh, pretty much as soon as he is on the bus and, uh, and then I'll pick him up around five, five, six o'clock and spend my extra hours in the evening if I want to try to catch up on something. So it's still very much a full 40 hour work week in this phase, but, uh, I don't see that being long-term which is why I'm happy to invest so much into this. Jeff. uh, I know for Jeff and Drew both. I was just going to ask Jeff if if he saw a a standard in his experience as well. Um, So I definitely don't think there's a standard. Like, so I think there's a few factors at play, right? There's uh, flexibility in terms of like how easy it is to step away and, you know, go to your kid's. Uh, whatever event uh there's there's also like how many hours you work per week and then there's also like predictability whereas like you might be on support and suddenly you're trying to eat dinner with your family and all of a sudden you've got you know uh something urgent comes up and you need to step away in your evening's toast right uh and so i've seen a range Uh, everywhere I've worked there's kind of a different mix of those things and I think 
there's definitely people out there that are probably eyeing tech that might have the perception that like everybody works like 60 hour weeks and there's you know emergencies they're dealing with and i i think um you know it depends on the type of company you're looking at right like uh there are a lot of places like in, in big tech there are companies that are like famous for <laughs> You know, people work a lot of hours and it's very competitive and you need to, you need to, you know, put in a lot of extra effort to be able to stand out, uh, especially if you're trying to like grow in your career and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, there are also places where it's totally expected that you work 40 hours and like if you're away for lunch, like nobody can bother you. Like, don't even, I don't even exist. Um, so I, I've worked at places with a little bit of both of those, not quite an extreme in either side, but typically like, yeah, I've worked at places where eh, maybe like 40 hours, or a little bit more is kind of the, the standard, but at the end of the day, like it's also up to you typically in, in these sorts of, uh, roles where like, yeah, you, uh, there are a lot of people that put in more time than they are necessarily expected to. I tend to do that sometimes because I can't put like a problem down, something I really want to solve, or uh, I typically like I enjoy the stuff I'm doing. So sometimes I'll like go on in the evening because I want to finish up something that I was like deep in thought about, and a, you know, a thought popped into my head when I was like reading to my kids or something like that. So um, I I think. A lot of it is, yeah, how disciplined you are and, like, what's important to you. And uh, it also varies, you know, over time. Like, hey, if you've got a project that's nearing completion, you're probably going to work, a, you know, some more hours for a couple weeks or so. Uh, but, you know, there are also times when things are a little slower and, like, maybe you can step away a bit early one day to go you know, go to the park with the kids or whatever. Um, so I've, I've typically found like there's a fair, like a pretty good amount of flexibility, but at the same time, I'd say like most of the places I've worked, people do kind of expect you to be around or at least voice when you're not going to be around, uh, for like core hours during the day. And it's not to say that's like eight to five or, you know, nine to six, but it's like, yeah, I, again, depends on time zones and things. So like now it's a little more compacted because people are in different, uh, different time, time zones. But, um, yeah, I mean, let's say like something like between 10 and three or something, uh, there are places that typically have like official core hours where like the team, just not necessarily the whole company, but the team agrees that like, Hey, we're going to try to be available at this time because at the end of the day, like you need to schedule meetings, you need to jump on calls with people to chat, you know, through problems and planning and all that type of thing. So it makes some sense to have overlap. Uh, and, and that's been, yeah. I actually am a strong advocate of that as somebody who's worked um, primarily in, well, actually I've worked in a bunch of things, but not as a dev, but I've done a lot of work in product management and, and project program, like the managey things. Um, I worked for years before the pandemic, before it was cool for a place that was remote only. And our devs, we didn't do core hours. And that was difficult. It's difficult to not know when you can catch somebody if, they are, if their work is on critical path. And I think rolling back to uh, one of our previous uh, shows, 
This is where essential questions, if you're interviewing for a job, come in. This is where you ask those questions. What are the ceremonies like in a week? What is the percentage of time we find ourselves in crunch? Um, what is the flexibility in hours if I need to take an hour away from the desk? The, always we, we, we stress when, when they look at you and say, do you have any questions for us? I, I hope, if anything, this show has given you a whole bucket full of those questions that you can ask. I wish we had time to play the entire interview, but if you'd like to see the interview with all the material, watch YouTube for the full video version. This, is, this has been an amazing conversation, and I, I feel that even though we, we allocate 45 minutes for the podcast and, and say an hour and a half for the, the YouTube version, I have a feeling we could have the both of you back on to do yet another take on this in possibly a season or two when the children are no longer the ages they currently are. A recap. <laughs> but I think it's been wonderful. Uh, Via and Jeff, I want to really, really thank you for being on the show. It's been so much fun having this conversation with you today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun to dive into something that's important. Um, we've talked about so much. It will be in the show notes. So as it is in the show notes, you can find us all on Twitter. Um, that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Coming up in uh, two weeks, our next episode is going to be the benefit of boot camps as a learning experience. We're going to have Ryan Brodsky on. Uh, is Brodsky? Brodsky on. Oh, cool. I hope I haven't just mangled that name. Uh, we're going to talk about the benefits of boot camps. Uh, again, I want to thank Via and Jeff for being on the show. Susanna, I cannot do this show without you. But we will return in two weeks with our next episode. And until then, thanks for joining us. Yay. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Codeco podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time.